When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is episode 61 of Talk the Plank, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and I'm with Jake Slobodnik. Jake, how's it going? It's going good, man. Spent uh, the weekend majorly at camp with my lady friend and then just watched an absolute thriller of a pirates game it's a good weekend how about you pretty good got some work done outside today and uh came in watched the pirate game and here we are the pirates one of the more bizarre series wins you'll see whenever you take three out of four the pirates were outscored 29 to 12 they sandwiched in a 21 to nothing loss in between three nail biters, quite honestly. A four to three win, a four to two win, 21 nothing loss, and a four to three win Sunday. But uh, here we are. Pirates are back to 500. They're eight and eight. And I, I'm all right. I, I feel okay about it. I feel okay about it. Yeah, you know, I look at that run differential. You you look at yesterday's game and say, "Oh boy, that was uh, that was ugly." And I'm sure from the surface, a lot of other people will look at it and say, "Oh boy, the Pirates really suck." But listen, uh, I forget who it was that said it, or maybe multiple people said it. But okay, they won twenty-one to nothing, but that was only one win in the record column, and then the Pirates took three of four from them. So. You know, if that's going to be our token bad game that we are so susceptible to seeing here and there, I'll gladly take it as long as it means that we win the series and we continue to play strong and bounce back. It's not like that game shut us down forever. So, you know, take the good with the bad, and I will gladly take three or four, even though yesterday's game was horrible. The pitching still looked good. Um, JT Brubaker, uh, (laughs) I've been kind of down on him lately, but I got to say, despite him feeling under the weather, he pitched Rather well today. He wasn't anything lights out, but um, overall, he was definitely a lot better than in recent memory. So he's definitely earned another try in my books in terms of going forward. Will Crow, Dylan Peters, man, I don't know what got into them this offseason, but 
they are looking phenomenal still. Like this entire series, they looked lights out pitching. And then you got the bottom at the back end of the bullpen featuring Hembry, Stratton a little bit, and Bednar. Holy hell, this pitching, this pitching has been exciting. And I know the Cubs aren't that great of a team, but you got to look at, and yeah, we could focus on the hitting too, but the pitching just sticks out to me, especially Dylan Peters and Crow. Um, Peters, nobody thought that he was going to be a top guy for the Pirates, whether in the rotation or the bullpen, when he got tr- or when he was acquired by the Pirates. But he's turned into one of the mainstays of this bullpen, and Will Crow went from bust as a starter to mainstay reliever. I, I it's just there, there aren't enough words to put in a complete thought about how much this Pirates bullpen has really flipped over the past how many months. They went from being one of the worst to one of the best. And, you know, that I think that was probably the most exciting thing of this entire series. The offense was okay. Uh, really good Thursday and Friday. But um, today it was okay. But that pitching, man, I don't know how where, where you stand on that, but I'm just amazed at how far the bullpen has come and how far Peters and Crow both have come individually. Yeah, uh, kind of like what you said. The offense this series was it was decent. Four runs in every win, um, and I guess if you pitch well enough, four runs is kind of the it's the mark you need to hit to stack up wins. I remember back in the Pirates' heyday when they were really good, they had a record way over five hundred when they would score at least four runs. So seeing that is nice. Um, I think I think we we might have to commend Derek Shelton a little bit here. Derek Shelton's bullpen usage this season has been pretty solid. Um, the starting rotation is obviously still really bad, but the piggybackers have been solid. And the whole layout of how to deploy pitching, bullpen guys, piggybackers, whatever you want to call it, has been pretty solid. Uh, and Shelton, and, you know, I kind of said it last episode, all of these decisions are not just Shelton, but. Shelton and company, I think, have done a really solid job with the pitching staff. And we kind of harp on, you know, his his decisions when it comes to which position players to start. But as far as the bullpen goes, I think he's he's pulled the right strings, even at times where it seems like he's a little too careful. For example, um, the game that Quintana started this series, pulled him after Four and two thirds. He probably could have gotten that last out. Probably could have gotten the win, but I didn't mind. Um, Hembry came in for the last out. I believe that was the Friday game. And even today, um, Hembry gets two quick outs. Stratton comes in. It almost came back to bite the Pirates as Stratton made a pretty, pretty bad throw to first base that you know Yoshi could could or could not have caught for the final ab- out, but that was an error and the inning was, was extended, but Stratton got out of it. Overall, the bullpen usage has been solid. The bullpen itself has been solid and uh, definitely want to give Shelton a little bit of credit as well as obviously Crow and Peters who have been the two main driving forces of the eat innings aspect of the bullpen. And then also David Bednar just shutting the door you know, slamming it shut the fastball. He just pretty much put it out there and said, all right, bases are loaded two outs. I'm coming right at you. Hit my 96 plus mile an hour heat. I dare you. And the Cubs weren't able to, and the pirates were able to pull out the game. So the bullpen has been great. The offense, 
in their wins has just been enough. And um, the Pirates even they kind of like they kind of came over. They got over some shaky defense this series too. Not in the twenty-one nothing game, obviously, but in the wins. Even today, the Sunday game, Cabrian Hayes makes an error, and um, the Pirates are still able to to pull it out. So overall, in the wins, looked encouraging. Um, in the twenty-one nothing game, I mean, I'll just leave it at everything went wrong. Every single thing that could have went wrong went wrong. Every Cubs hit blooped in. Every Pirates contact, you know didn't and that that's what happened there but shout out pythagorean record you don't mean jack in this series so good series win for the buckos and i'll be the first to admit i will give credit to Derek sheldon as you mentioned you know his bullpen usage has been it's been very 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 good just in plain text it has been uh, you know, for a guy who always relied on Miguel Del Pozo in 2020 to try and secure a lead, he has done a much better job with this year's bullpen with a lot of returning pieces too. It's not like they added a lot. They just got Heath Embry and sort of mix and match. And he, that piggyback idea is working out really well for him. I agree. I think Quintana should have been left in. Well, I, I, he could have got the win. I think that if Shelton gave him the opportunity to work out of it, it would have worked in his favor, but you know they won the game. at at the, At this very moment, it looks genius. And like you said, I thought it was going to bite them in the ass today because Stratton looked a little shaky. Um, I'm trying to think, there was they one of the relievers gave up a run. I think it was Stratton. Um, it was Henry. Henry oh, yeah. gave up the home run. Yeah, and I, I don't know whether to blame that on Henry's pitch choice because I thought that was a good location, but. Ian Happ's just got some major power to him. Yeah, it's it's just a home run. I'll 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 allow it. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's been good up to this point. That was a fluke home run. So, but yeah, I will give Derek Sheldon all the credit in the world. Uh, definitely not on the offensive or lineup aspect, but pitching wise, he's been made, making some solid moves, especially with such a terrible starting rotation. He has found way to win games using the back end guys, and we also have to credit those relievers for stepping up, especially those coming on very short rest, you know, pitching back-to-back days sometimes. Uh, I think especially Henry is one of them, Stratton being another. Like, they, you would think that if they're used one day, they won't be used the next, but Derek Shelton doesn't really care about that, at least at this moment. He's he's like, hey, if you pitched yesterday, or maybe even the pitchers are going up to him saying, look, I still feel good. I'm riding a good wave right now. Just throw me in if you need me. And I think that's what Brownie said on on the broadcast, actually. I think he was referencing... David, I think he was referencing Bednar at that, but I feel like that's the overall attitude from all of these relievers. They're a, a, a very well-organized unit. They're not thinking about themselves. They're thinking about the team, and if they're able to help them win, that's what they're going to do. So, um, you know, with the way Sheldon's been using it, he's been playing the matchups really well, and for the most part, you know, with aside from a few flukes, he is, it, it's been working out in the Pirates' favor, so... Uh, yeah, I will give credit, all the credit in the world to Derek Shelton, the way he's been handling that. Um, now, let's just focus a little bit on the <laughs> on the lineup. So let's try fixing that up a little bit. But, yeah, man, I, 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 I would be remiss if I didn't give him credit. Yeah, yeah and, I mean, I don't want to throw a wet blanket on the bullpen, but I hate to say it, the starting pitching has just been so bad that I don't know how sustainable the bullpen 
dominance is going to be. Like you said, some of these guys are pitching probably more than anticipated and it's only April. We're only two, a little over two weeks into this, into the season. So, you know, over 162 games, I don't love that. Some of this starting pitching is going to have to figure it out. But on the other hand too, Crow and Peters, they they're stretched out as starters. So bullpen wise, I like them to be able to just, I, I wouldn't be surprised if each of them surpassed like a hundred and, 10 to 120 innings. Um, you look at it so far this year, Crows at 13, Peters is at 10. So they're, those guys are going to eat a lot of innings, but the guys like the Bednars and Hembrys and Strattons, they're not quite as stretched out as much. So I don't like to see them pitching three days in a row that often, but you know, it's still early in the season, early in the season, everyone is fresh. So might as well use them while they can, but the, the starting pitching is going to have to figure it out. Brubaker in the Sunday game today, he, he uh, obviously like many pirates pitchers do this season, got off to a rough start, but he was able to settle in. And I think if it weren't for, um, I, I guess it was an illness. I don't know if that's confirmed yet, but, but whatever it was, uh, he only went 44 pitches. So he could have went longer if, you know, a hundred percent, which I'm sure he was not. So that that's encouraging. Obviously Keller's last start was encouraging against Milwaukee and we'll see him in this upcoming series, but you know, Zach Thompson looked rough and in 10 innings this year, he's given up 12 earned runs, three dingers, you know, nine strikeouts to seven walks. It's been rough. I know on the last podcast, it's crazy how fast things can change. I, I uh, pegged him as my second most, I have confidence in him starter on the team, but he looked really, really bad against the Cubs yesterday. Although Kevin Newman didn't do him any favors with his errors in that second inning, but Thompson's been rough. Uh, Quintana, He's getting there. 14 innings pitched. The ERA is down to 3.86, so I'll give him some credit there, but eight strikeouts to eight walks. You don't you don't like seeing that. We just need him to eat innings. We just need these guys to pitch more innings. And I guess that kind of was part of the plan in April, you know. Shelton kind of said that the starting pitchers aren't going to go more than 75 to 80 pitches, so hopefully they get stretched out more and more as the season goes along. So the bullpen has less stress on them, but you know, the starting pitcher pitching needs to needs to be better and pitch longer, but overall there's some encouraging signs. Um, And I figured next here, we could talk about some of these transactions. If, is there anything else on the bullpen slash pitching you wanted to Not touch on? Not on the bullpen or pitching, but I did just want to highlight briefly um, the efforts of Roberto Perez and yeah. Jake Marisnik defensively this series. Because if Marisnik doesn't make those two stops at the, in the ninth inning of today's game, the Pirates lose. Like He tracked those balls down quickly. For sure. Made it great. Um, I'll 
won't hover too much over that, but Roberto Perez, his hitting picked up a lot this series. And I think overall just his leadership on this team. I mean, he's already saying this isn't a rebuilding team. This is a good team. And whether you like it or not, um, you know, that's how Roberto Perez feels. And I think that's the kind of attitude we need on this team. And with the way he performed this weekend, I think it's, it's worth noting and just how well this team gels together around him. So that's all I'm going to say on that before we move on. A thousand percent. You're right there. And uh, Marisnik won. Like he most definitely saved the game today with those, you know, the one rocket to right field by Rafael Ortega. He got that in quickly, prevented him from getting a triple. And then the bloop double prevented him from scoring Ortega second and third uh, one out. And Bednar does the rest. But yeah, without Marisnik there in that ninth inning, it's at least going to extra innings. Um, so he's, he's, he's been solid in the field for sure. And yeah, Perez, I, I will reiterate that, uh, he's, he's been solid with the pitching. He's been solid and his framing ability is top notch. He's elite at framing and kind of goes back to showing that, you know, picking him up and trading Stallings, that never really bothered me that much because I think Perez is just as good as Stallings. If not, maybe he's not quite as good, but he's at least 90% as good. So we'll see what happens with Thompson, the guy they got for Stallings. But if you look at Stallings' numbers, he has struggled to start the season with Miami. So that that doesn't really hurt as much. And I kind of, I guess it kind of goes back to what I've been saying. It's just nice that the Pirates have a few adults in the room, professional guys. They might not be stars. They might not even be average major league players, but they are experienced. They are professionals. And for a team that is young, it's as young as the Pirates. I mean, I think that's huge and that goes a long way. So I agree with everything you said there. Looking at some of these transactions, though, over the weekend, there was there was a lot of transactions, uh, starting with the one that it's sad, it's baffling. We knew it was going to happen, and we knew we were going to complain about it when it happened, but Rowanzi Contreras was optioned back down to AAA for the sake of quote-unquote development and stretching him out, but... I think you and I both agree that he would be the Pirates' best starting pitcher right now. But for the sake of service time manipulation, I think they sent him down and they called up Chase DeYoung, who actually pitched a few scoreless innings, so I'll give him credit. And they designated for assignment Luis Oviedo, which is baffling because they held a roster spot for him all last season. So just to kind of give up on him now. I mean, I wonder what the last straw was. He probably could have been given up on last season, but I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that move? Yeah, I also thought it was baffling about Luis Oviedo's DFA. Um, Rowansi, it's it's a dead horse, but we all knew it was coming. Yep. <laughs> I, I think there could have been a better suitor to send him down for other than Anthony Alford, but... <laughs> well, no, they sent down Chase De Young for him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm getting my. There were so many transactions. I'm getting. Things. We'll get to. Yeah, we'll get to that one next. That's another baffling um, one. But oh yeah, that. I mean, it was baffling bringing De Young up. I mean, you and I had a, had words on Twitter about our differences between Chase De Young, and then he came out and proved me wrong. Uh, but I'm still not a big believer in De Young just because he hasn't been consistently good with the Pirates. 
um, let alone any major league team in the regular season. So I'm not going to base his worth and the move off of one appearance by him, but I will give him credit. He did look good against the Cubs. Uh, I really right. wish Rowansi did stay up. I hate this service time manipulation. I mean, if if you're going to drive fans to the ballpark to see anybody, Rowansi's going to be your guy, at least for now, until Cruz call, gets called up. And Oviedo, you mentioned, they held a roster spot for him all last year when they probably could have been a much better player on the roster. But to each his own, Oviedo wasn't really that great, in my opinion. I, I mean, he brought some high velocity, but other than that, there was pretty much nothing else. And, I mean, he was involved in a first-pitch last man standing battle with Alex Blandino last year, but that's pretty much it. Um, so, I mean, it sucks seeing her once he gets sent down, but the move I was, I, I guess I'm okay with it for now. Yeah. I mean, Rowanzi will be back and probably it'll be in like June or something, but yeah, I, I guess just to touch on chase the young, I do think that he will have some success as a Will Crow, Dylan Peters type, because as far as like talent goes, I don't think, I think Will Crow's stuff actually has looked really, really good this season and his fastball solid. He's got the two seam action. He's got the changeup, which is filthy, which also plays off the slider, which he's been able to dot. So Crow, I think his stuff's solid, but Peters, I mean, uh, what's really the difference between Peters stuff and say Chase DeYoung's stuff? I guess Peters left-handed, but I, what I'm trying to say is I think DeYoung will have success as a swingman type, get two innings here, two innings there from him. And once again, it's a bullpen piece with an arm that is kind of stretched out, not the traditional one inning and done type guy. So adding more guys like that, I think is, is valuable. We'll see what happens with him. But um the other, the other moves, the Pirates, uh, they optioned Hoy Park to call up Anthony Alford only to designate Anthony Alford for assignment two days later to call up Bo Salser. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about that, that move? <laughs> well, calling or designating Anthony Alford two days later was two days too late. Um, actually it's been too late for a while. Anthony Alford sucks. Uh, he was a, he was a quote unquote reclamation project by Ben Charrington because they knew each other in Toronto. And the guy, aside from maybe a few blips of excellence sucks. Like he has brought nothing to this pirates team other than maybe a good spring training last year, misplayed a ball in his first game back, struck out twice in his first two at bats. The guy just can't play baseball. He 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 needs to go and find a job somewhere else. Um, Hoy Park getting sent down. I kind of knew. I, I kind of felt like this was going to happen for a while. I mean, nothing. Not no. Not to shame on Hoy Park, but he wasn't cutting it really in the MLB. He tried playing in right field because Derek Shelton likes to turn infielders into outfielders for some reason. Um, he wasn't the greatest. I mean, other aside from. My friends and I starting a Hoy Park fan club behind home plate uh, that Wednesday game against the Cubs. There really wasn't much promise to him. Uh, so, I mean, get him, getting him some work down in AAA isn't a bad thing. I think sending him down for Alford was a mistake. Um, but I'm glad they DFA'd him today. And Bo Salser, I watched him in Altoona back in 2019. And he did 
wonderful with the curve. He was eight and three, 272 ERA and 33 appearances. Six of them started. So he can start and he can relief. So there's nothing bad there. Uh, he started all three appearances this year with AAA Indianapolis, went one and two with a 213 ERA. Um, guy doesn't have overwhelming stuff. I mean, clearly he's not like he's a top prospect. He's just a guy who they're taking a flyer on in this time. And one thing that I saw while he was with the curve, they were still doing the pitcher's hit thing. And he got a hit in the game that I went to, and it wasn't like a little like a little blooper. It was a pretty hard hit ball. So Take what you can get. I mean, I know it really doesn't matter much today, but I mean, he whatever you can bring to the table, I guess, do it. And I, I mean, I don't really know what to, I don't want to hype up Bo Salser <laughs> too much, uh, but you know, you got to give him some promise considering, you know, he's worked his ass off since 2017 to get here. Um, and he wait, he made it through the pirate system. So I want to give him some credit, you know, give him some wiggle room. I don't think he's going to be the next showing of Mariano Rivera, but you never know. You never know what this guy can bring. And if he can make a spot start here and there, then so be it, especially with how the starting rotation has struggled. Maybe they're just looking to see what he can bring to the table. So um, plus he continued the tradition of pirates wearing number 69 last worn by the great John Nagowski. So I'm a fan of this guy already. So that's what you have to look forward to in Bo Salser. Sayonara, Anthony Alford. Now get the hell out of our organization. <laughs> well, that's very nice on both Salsers end. Um, I will say though, you know, getting rid of Alford, that that kind of um kind of shows you what's gonna happen a week from now when the roster gets trimmed from 28 down to 26. So Basically, that that's what the rule is, and then uh, teams can only carry thirteen pitchers. So if you look at look at it right now, the Pirates actually have fifteen pitchers on their roster. So we'll see if uh, Salser gets any opportunities this week. But I think what's going to happen is he's probably going to get sent back down. He has three options, obviously, because um, you know he's. He is making his major league debut like he just got called up. So he has three options. So the Pirates have a decision to make. Who do you think, as of right now, who would be that other guy that gets sent down, that other pitcher? Because it would have to be a pitcher at this point. I would I would say either Aaron Fletcher or well, – I have to look at the active roster. So there's so many names on there. Um, but Aaron Fletcher, I think, is one of my bets. Um yeah, I think that's safe. And maybe Miguel, uh, well, not maybe, definitely Miguel Yohuri because he struggled, definitely. Um, yeah, I think that's the other one. Uh, although Fletcher has two options right now, and Yohuri has one, so I think Yohuri will be safe because of that. They want they don't want to burn that last option away. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be Aaron Fletcher as well as both salsa. But I, I mean, who knows a lot can happen in a week injuries. Maybe salsa comes out and he pitches three perfect innings and the pirates, you know, it kind of opens their eyes a little bit and they decide hmm, maybe we want to have him stick around for a little while. I don't think that's going to happen necessarily, but I just think, uh, you know, anything's possible, but you look at it. I mean, 
Pitching staff, I guess, doesn't look too terrible if you take out Seltzer and Fletcher. The bullpen obviously looks fine, and the starting rotation doesn't look quite as fine, but it. I guess what I'm saying is pitchers are kind of starting to fit into their roles, so that's that's kind of nice. The team is really starting to gel, I guess. And as far as position players go... Um, O'Neill Cruz knocking on the door. I know the stats don't look great, but today he hit a walk-off home run for the Indianapolis Indians. So the time could be coming soon. I hope it is. And at that point, it's uh, we'll see. We'll see. I hate to say it, but they they probably sent down Diego Castillo just because he has options. Don't want to see that happen. I guess this is kind of, I don't know. We probably don't have to worry about this for at least another few weeks, but I'm just kind of looking ahead here. A lot could happen by that time. But, you know, for now, it seems like Cole Tucker and Josh Van Meter are safe on this roster. And uh, you can feel about that how you may. I'm not so sure about um, well. I, I'm not so sure about Tucker him being safe. I think he's kind of proven himself that he's not as good as uh, as promised when we first drafted him and developed him. Um, and I mean, with Cruz set to come up, the guys played outfield a little bit, albeit not the greatest. Um, but he is a shortstop primarily, uh, so he can be somewhat of a utility player. I think if we do bring Cruz up. Cole Tucker is on the chopping block for him. Um, I know he's already on the active roster, but I'm speaking like on the act on the uh, MLB roster. Um, but I do think that there are some names that can be on the chopping block going forward. Aside from Tucker, Van Meter is one of them. Um, and I think another one is Yoshi. I hate saying that, but I mean, he has looked lost as of late. I don't know how you feel about him, but watching him just in this series alone, he does, it looks like he doesn't know how to field. His hitting has regressed tremendously. And honestly, you look at how Mason Martin is developing up in AAA right now. You gotta, why would you hold a roster spot for Yoshi Sitsugo when Mason Martin is on an absolute offensive tear right now? I mean, if I were Charrington and Shelton, I'd get together and say, look, yeah, Yoshi was a great guy. He was a great pickup for the time being. But if we're thinking about going forward and winning in the future, we need to make moves that make sense. And Bringing up Mason Martin while he's while he's hot and sending Yoshi on the unemployment line, I, I think that's a necessary move for the club. Will it happen? I am not entirely sure, but I think that's a possible exchange of moves that we could see. Um, and Josh Van Meter obviously is another one. Um, bring up Rodolfo Castro maybe, um, and in the outfield, or you know, you send down one of those infielders and you bring up may say. Uh, I don't know, Caden Smith and Jigba or Travis Swaggerty. I'm just looking at who's on the 40 man right now. Give them a shot. Um, you never know. Maybe they'll stop looking for just utility players alone and bring up one of those guys and DFA some guys who haven't really performed as well. So it's just an idea that I have for how the Pirates could sort of structure the next few weeks roster wise. Yeah, I, I don't think. I think they want to see some more, if I had to guess, from someone like Mason Martin 
Um, I'm looking at his numbers right now, and he has he's he has been really good. But having said that, the walk rate is still it's bad. He's only walking three point six percent of the time, and the strikeout rate is climbing higher and higher every day. He is hitting 308, 339 with the 712 slugging, which obviously is really, really good. But he's got to cut back on the strikeouts and he's he's gotta he's gotta work some counts. I mean, you look at him before this season, and the season's still young. I guess his triple A career. He's only walked 3.6, 3.7% of the time in AAA. But when you look at the other um, levels of the minor leagues, at AA, he walked 8% of the time. In single A, it was 11%. Low A, 13%. So he definitely has uh, the ability to get on base more. I think he needs to get back to that to be taken seriously as uh, as someone that's going to be called up soon. But Power-wise, I mean, yeah, the Pirates could desperately use some more thump in the order. And Yoshi has been pretty disappointing up to this point. But I guess if I had to guess, uh, if I had to say the top three guys that position player-wise that that could get either, you know, DFA'd or sent down, Josh Van Meter would be DFA'd. But I think Cole Tucker's number one. Well, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I really do. If if someone were were to get called up tomorrow from AAA, they would probably send down Diego Castillo, I believe, just for the sake of he has three minor league options and they could call him back up whenever. I think that's what they would do. I don't agree with that, but I just think that's what they would do. I think he's number one on the chopping block. Number two, I would say Cole Tucker, probably because he has one option left and they don't have to DFA him quite yet. But... He'd be number one for me. And then Van Meter third, I think he would get DFA'd, but they just traded for him. So they definitely want to see what they have in him. They wouldn't have traded for someone that they're just going to DFA a few weeks later, even though the trade itself was just confusing in the first place. But I guess they see something in him. Um, We'll see. But I don't think they're giving up on Yoshi yet. And... Other than that, I think everyone else is pretty safe. You know, they're never going to part ways with Kevin Newman. Um, Fogelbach's been awesome. Chavis, I'm starting to get a little worried. Four strikeouts today, and he's definitely coming back down to earth. I'm not in the uh, panic mode quite yet, but I'm a little concerned. But he's safe. Hayes is obviously awesome. Um, you know, Reynolds still still searching, but he's fine. And then Gamble and Marisnik are they're just veteran presences that are solid to have around, so they're safe. But three people that might be gone soon, Van Meter, Tucker, and Castillo. Castillo has kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Um but I mean I still I still like his at bats. I do. I think he hits the ball pretty consistently, hits the ball hard pretty consistently. And um, I just think talent-wise, he he brings more to the table, in my opinion, than, say, a Cole Tucker or a Josh Van Meter or even a Yoshi at this point. But, um, yeah, that's kind of my two cents. And I definitely do want to see Mason Martin and Rodolfo Castro and O'Neal Cruz get a chance at some point this year. 
And if, if, if I could, I'd probably replace those three players. Well, no, not Diego Castillo. But if I could right now, I would probably bring up Castro and Cruz and get rid of Cole Tucker and Rodolfo Castro. I would do that tomorrow. But the team, they're just they're, – they're, you could call it what you want. You could call it patience. You could call it um, prudence, whatever. But they're, they're taking their time with this. And I think at least position player wise, the players on the roster right now, obviously barring injury, the, this, this is going to be the 13 position players on the roster for at least the foreseeable future for at least the the next probably month or so. And then hopefully by then it's time to call O'Neill Cruz up, but that's kind of how I see things right now. And yeah, like I said, pitching wise, in a week, we'll probably see Fletcher and Salser sent down to the minor league team. And that's the team right now. That is the team right now. Yeah, and those moves are more than likely to happen. And that's probably what we're going to be seeing for a while. God, I can't stand Kevin Newman. He does everything he can to stay around. Like <laughs> Today, he had a very nice game. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I hate it so much because now he's blocking Cruz even more. Right. I've never seen a guy so hated for really nothing. Being good. I feel like a lot of it is just built up anger by fans because they want to see O'Neill Cruz. It's not even because of Newman. It's just Cruz at this point. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of though, like, you got to think about it too. The Pirates, or the Pirates fans, yeah, they just endured a season in which Kevin Newman barely hit above 200 and slugged like 12. So that's pent up. But yeah, you look at his line this year, it's still 222, 286, 356. So. It's not like he's exactly lighting it up, but he had a very nice game today. And defensively, defensively, he he was solid today after just a nightmare of uh, of the Saturday game in which they lost twenty one to nothing. I will say, I if I had to blame one person for the reason the Pirates lost by twenty one runs in a game, it was Kevin Newman. It was yes, you know, I hate to say it, but it was four nothing in that second inning when Kevin Newman made his first error and it snowballed from there to end that inning, it's nine, nothing. If they get out of that inning and it's only four, nothing, I think it just ends up being your average, you know, 10, 11, nothing loss, not, not 21 to nothing. So I blame Kevin Newman for that completely. Yeah. And I guess that's fair to say, um, (laughs) I mean, yeah, Zach Thompson didn't help much either, but you know, it's pretty sad when the best pitcher on the day was Diego freaking Castillo, but Hey, at least he's another serviceable arm. Maybe they'll consider him keeping him up whenever these, all these roster moves happen because he can pitch and play the infield. And we all know how much they love versatile guys. So I think he might be two way player, Diego Castillo. Yes, for sure. Nope. Next JB Shuck. <laughs> Next JB Shuck, for sure. All right, let's look ahead here to the schedule. The eight and eight Pirates are coming back home, and man, I, I'm a little nervous. The Milwaukee Brewers are coming back to Pittsburgh. Pirates are off Monday, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we get a we get an ace rematch. <laughs> between Mitch Keller and Brandon Woodruff. That's Tuesday night. And then uh, following that game, we get our pal Bryce Wilson, who 
He's he's running my patience pretty thin as well with the walks, but we get Bryce Wilson against Aaron Ashby, who this season Ashby eleven innings he's given up four earned runs. That's a three eighteen ERA. I think the Pirates should be able to score some runs off of him. I don't he doesn't really impress me much. And then in the Thursday game, the twelve thirty five afternoon matinee. The Pirates will send out Jose Quintana, and it'll be another tough pitching matchup. Freddie Peralta. Uh, Peralta has struggled this year. In 12 innings, he's given up 10 earned runs, but we kind of said that about Brandon Woodruff the last time these two teams met, and, uh, you know, there was some regression back to the mean, so I hate to say it. I think Freddie Peralta is probably going to pitch, like, at least six innings of Maybe shutout ball. We'll see, but uh, I don't. I don't like that matchup very much for the Pirates. What do you see in this series? I definitely think that we're going to have a much better time with Brandon Woodruff this go around. I think he just got lucky the first time. We just weren't ready for it. I think we seemed a little complacent considering his high ERA. But you know, with the way Keller pitched last time, there's some promise. Hopefully, he doesn't regress. I think we're going to take Game One, Game Two. I'm going to say. We fall just because I'm like I'm with you. I'm getting real tired of Bryce Wilson and his constant walk fests. Um, and you know, Aaron Ashby might be you know might not be one of the greatest guys in the world, but if there's anything the Pirates are good at. It's playing down to people who suck more than you. And I think Aaron Ashby might pitch a gem against us. Oh. Game three, it's gonna be a close one. I think it'll be a big pitcher's duel, um, Peralta versus um, Quintana. But I. Th- I think the Brewers are going to pull out on that one too, just because Quintana seems to either when he's on, there's no offense, but when he's off the offense decides to come alive, but not enough to help support the the pitchers. Um, so I, I think that's going to be the same case in game three. I don't like saying that the Brewers are going to take two or three, but I definitely think it's not going to be as painful as the first go around with them. Yeah. I think the pirates will sneak one win out of those three games. I I really hope that they're not uh, swept again. And, yeah, as far as offensive offenses go, both the Pirates and the Brewers, they've both played 15 games. They both have scored exactly 53 runs. So uh, pretty, pretty mediocre on both fronts. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think, I think one win is definitely possible. And after the Brewers series to end end the month, pretty much the Pirates will be playing the Padres, so that that will be fun. I think this is a pretty pretty solid spot for us to uh, to leave on. If you have any last thoughts, um, what do you got for me? Um, I really don't have much else other than good luck, Bo Salser, whenever you get an opportunity, and. Um... Thank God Anthony Alford is no longer part of the Pirates again. Man, you really hated Anthony Alford. I Well, there's some personal bias between that too because, <laughs> I mean, I wanted to interview him for a Bucks dugout feature and it was just – no, listen, he just wasn't reciproc- or, you know, he wasn't reciprocating anything at all. He just seemed too arrogant. And I'm like, okay, well, take your 091 batting average and your 100% strikeout rate and get the hell out of my sight. I don't care about you anymore. Wow, he he stiffed you all right, and yep, now he's gone. Although honestly, I don't really think another team is going to claim him, so he'll probably be back in AAA 
in a few days here, if I had to guess. But uh, no more Anthony Alford. That is sad. I will say, I mean, I, I was looking forward a little bit to seeing if he had anything left in the tank, but uh, not to be. That is not to be. All right, Jake, where are we finding you on Twitter? Find me at Twitter at underscore Radio Jake for all your cynical pirate needs. Yeah, we all got cynical salty pirates Twitter is lately. Uh, despite the fact that they're 500. Actually, one last thing that I want to touch on before we before we get out of here. I'm really loving the uh, – it's really picked up this season, and we saw a little bit of it last season, but it's really picked up from Pirates Twitter to just dive in and bombard opposing teams' Twitter feeds whenever they post that their team lost to the Pirates. The memes have just been – Chef's kiss, amazing, and I, I've seen you in there as well, posting some memes. Oh yeah, I am well a part of that community. I have been since it really started. Um, uh, my favorite, I think, I think my favorite memes, other than my Ben Gamble one that I created, um, has to be John Waiter just analyzed your loss on KDKA ten twenty a.m. <laughs> or you just lost to DK Pittsburgh sports favorite team because it, it's not even part of the Pirates. It's the Pirates community now that they're incorporating. It's just. It is so fun seeing that, and that's why I love watching the Pirates win because it's not not seeing the on-field product succeed. It's the memes afterward that just rain upon it. I love it. Yeah, and I don't even know. Did you see that the Pirates themselves partook today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, I know the guy that actually their... used that meme from, and I think they're actually sending him merch for it because they because of his meme creation. So that's a pretty good thing right there to see. Yeah, <laughs> David Bednar just tucked in your team. Yep, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the Cubs feed right now. They just, you know, they every team does it. They tweet final Pirates four, Cubs three. David Bednar just tucked in your team. I see that you tweeted a picture of a Cubs fan sending a certain gesture to the crowd. That's funny. Uh, shout out to uh, Mitchell Nagy or Nagy. I'm not sure. A solid Pirates fan. He got a cameo from Matt Adams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it says, Matt Adams here from Slippery Rock University. Just wanted to let you know that your favorite team just lost to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Matt Adams never even played for the Pirates. And that, I mean, that is just awesome. Um, <laughs> I love it so much. He just lost to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, shout out to, to Vino on Twitter. Vinny Buffone. He has the the Bart Simpson. um tweets where it's homer waking up bart simpson and then root 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 for your for our home team plays you'll love that oh no you just lost to the team you beat 21 to nothing literally yesterday (laughs) greg brown interrupted the broadcast to show your team this l it's endless and it's it's awesome and i just i hope to see more of those as as the year goes on, it's it's really fun and it's funny. It's spelled Will with one L. The other L is for you. Just <laughs> perfect. I love it. If anything, the Pirates fans they can they can bask in their misery and make fun of other teams for losing to their team. If if that's not being a fan, I don't know what is. 
Oh, I don't know. I, I just want to see it keep. I want to see it continue. And shout out to those guys that you mentioned. Uh, they they have really sparked this movie. Yeah, shout out to everyone carrying the Pirates meme game to the opposing teams. I love it. And you know what? I need to I need to download the old meme generator back on my phone because I think I'm going to be partaking here pretty soon as well. Yes, we got Nate on the board. Let's go. Yep. All right, Jake. Twitter. Did did, did we mention it yet? Uh, we'll say it again for good luck at underscore Radio Jake. Awesome. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. And, of course, follow Bucks Dugout at Bucks Dugout for all your pirates writing and reading and podcasting needs. We'll be back here again Thursday afternoon, I would guess, after the pirates conclude their series with the Brewers. And hopefully the pirates keep the good times rolling here. And – we could see a few more W's. Yeah, that'd definitely be great. That'd be great. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Let's go Bucks and uh, peace out. Let's go Bucks.